This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff, runs to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Bearcats! 25, toward the middle of the field at the 35, and he is gone! Trey Tucker will take it 98 yards to the house! Ball poked away by DeJulius. Diving on the floor to grab it is Oguama. Bounces it for Lockett. Fires ahead to Adams Woods. DeJulius for three. Good! Cincinnati has scored 17 straight. The one-handed catch. Hands it off to Marcus Jones. He has tackled it to 34. It. And it is over. Zero losses. Zero doubts. Opportunity seized as the Bearcats send a message to the college football world. Did you see that? One. Hello, listeners, new and old. Welcome back to your favorite Bearcats podcast, Viva the Cats. I am your host, Justin Howes, accompanied by my great friend, Steve Maurer, and we are here to bring you the very best of the Bearcats every single week, twice a week in our weekly standard preview that we're doing right now, as well as our post-game coverage and as well as Campus Kings. So be... Uh, be on the lookout for all of those. With all that said, the Bearcats are coming fresh off an L. Uh, not something I think most of us were expecting. I think it was something that I definitely was weary of and uh, was a bit concerned about, but I don't think I was necessarily expecting it. I felt pretty confident. You know, it's that nervous confidence. Uh, and <clears throat> lo and behold, uh, the Bearcats kind of dug themselves a little bit of a grave. UCF really kind of just added to it, but uh, it could have been worse. Could have been much, much better. Steve, uh, what's the general reaction from that? We got a little bit of our steam blown off of the uh, post-game coverage, but now that we've had a couple of days to digest it, how do we feel? Um, so, Justin, I, I really do think it was kind of just a thing where um, where – the Arkansas loss kind of took a lot off of this loss for me as I reflect on it, because, you know, if this loss had happened last year, at some point we would have been like, well, fuck, like we yeah. kind of like our playoff bid is gone. Now we're screwed. And, you know, I like, I, was, I still want to win the conference championship and I still like have an idea of like where we want to go, but like, ha- I think like just losing that first game to Arkansas kind of numbed the pain for me, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, because obviously it was hurting. And like, I think we all saw like, and felt how badly it was and like so many weird things happened in that game. And just, uh, I, I did, like I said, I wanted to listen to Luke Fickle's press conference and I did. And um, I think, I think he had some good answers in there and um, I read it, a lot of good things, some good, some bad, uh, you know, but the one thing I wanted to bring up, and it was an article I sent to you, Justin, uh, from Mo Egger. And I was wondering if you'd it. tap into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, just real quick, uh, like you guys can go read the article if you want. Um, yeah, and because I really like Mo, and his point on Cincinnati sports is usually pretty good. So um, he said something interesting, and I think I agree. I don't think anybody was upset about it. I, I think what he said was like, you know, we're not going to make – Luke Fickle will spend any of his equity after this game. You know, he's earned enough equity. He's earned the right as a coach here to be, to have that chance to, you know, like 
say this team isn't that great and lost lost a game. And I have a little bit of a spin zone for you coming up, but um, we should talk about the game first. But anyway, I do think it was just, you know, it still sucked. And like it just like I didn't like watch the rest of the night of college football. And I was just, you know, and it's still just kind of hurt. But you know what? It's a it's a, like if you think about it, that UCF team probably just has just as much talent or more. Um, and weirdly, I felt okay losing to them instead of like, you know, just another run of the mill, like American team, uh, just because of they're coming to the big 12 with us. And yeah, I think it kind of shows that like, even if they are like at the bottom of the big 12, that's still going to be a tough game for us. And we have to just keep upping our game and we have, and we will, we like the improving uh, the recruit. Recruiting will keep improving, you know, but I think I think it's just like kind of just shows you it's it's not easy every week, yeah. especially in the Big Twelve, and we're gonna we're gonna find that out. But you know what? I have I have I'm not gonna spend my equity like Mo Egger said. Um, I have faith in Luke Fickle. I have faith in uh, the coaching staff. I think Mo also brought up a lot of good points about like maybe we shouldn't be testing it uh, his faith in the team because he had. I mentioned it on the post game show on Saturday. You have faith to put in Desmond Ritter game one, um, right? And leave him in there, uh, even though Hayden Moore got hurt for a series, but he could have gone back in. He left Desmond Ritter in there. Um, I, I I trust that he's going to put the best players in the best positions to make make those those choices and make it happen. And uh, if it's not happening with Evan Prater right now, and Ben Bryant's got to be our guy, I think he's just got to make some better decisions. That's it. And um, <clears throat> I think he also made a good point too about Gina Gadouli. Like uh, we got to let him get through a first year. And I'm going to be making some comparisons uh, as well um, when I come up with my spin zone in a little bit. But Justin, um, hit me with your reaction. Yeah, um, I think kind of. I want to jump real quick on that point that you mentioned about Gino too, because this is a the play calling, the faith in Ben through a lot of this has kind of been a the probably the biggest point of contention. I think it would be fair to say, other than maybe Gunnar Keel, that Ben is definitely like the most criticized QB that uh, I think I can at least I can think of in recent history, if not over the past you know decade plus, um, because it's just you're you're coming off of a year where all your expectations are so high and you expect to win every single game and you expect to walk into a place like UCF have a challenge, but no matter what happens in that game, you expect to win Um, regardless of how ugly or dominating it is. You expect to win that game. And I think this is just one of those cases where now with Gino being new to this, um, you know, it's, and I'm still, I, I'm, I'm going to ask you for clarity on this too. Like last year, I think the conversation was that like Gino was making most of the play calling, even though, or was at least part of the play calling and Denbrock was, you know, just kind of around. Right. And that was sort of the general feel for last year. And, you know, now this year he is officially like OC officially play caller. Um, But I think this is just one of those things where personally, he's just gotta, he's gotta work out the kinks Um, and you're not, you're never going to get it right. Especially your first time being an OC in a program that last year had a pretty good splash offensively. Um, and we've, we've had hits, we've had misses for sure, but I think this year is just kind of shown it's going to be a rough ride. 
Um, and putting up offense is not going to be easy every week. It doesn't help when you have a new QB with a new OC, not that neither of these guys are familiar with the program, but that are new to being the guy in charge that are new to being that guy who has to step up. Um, and I think that that is just a thing that we're seeing, you know, you roll through the schedule as best as you can. It might not be pretty, but you roll through it. And then you get to a game like UCF, you're going to get bossed up on. Like, it's just, it's going to happen. Um, and I think this is just one of those cases where UCF was the looming threat that we all were waiting for. After, I mean, Indiana, we saw it happen. Second half was just the wheels were spinning. It was rough, really rough in the second half. And I mean, I feel like since that first half in Indiana, it's been hard. <laughs> Offensively, it's been a little hard to watch. Um, but it's you're you're looking down the schedule week in, week out, waiting for that to hit you, and it finally did. Um, so I mean, like I said, I a little bit of credit too to UCF. I think they they just played really well. Their defense, their defense pinned Ben Bryant. They made him throw the ball. Uh, we had, you know, tough time trying to run it. And if you're gonna make Ben throw a little bit, you know, longer passes, he's gonna hit him or he's gonna miss him. And you know over the past few weeks, it hasn't been as accurate. So I think this is just yeah. a product of the entire season building up. Like you said, Arkansas, I think softened the blow because right out the gate, you're like, all right, we've got that weight off of our shoulders. And now this week, it it's a couple weeks on end where we expect that, you know, hopefully to keep rolling, but you can take the loss in stride. I don't think it's the end of the world. I yep. think we all felt like it was the end of the world at first, but it's definitely not now. Yep. Yep. Definitely. And um, I think it takes the expectations a little bit off the team now. Um, maybe they can play a little bit more free, um, but it's been like kind of the same issues that we've seen all year. Like, um, right. and I, I would attribute this also, Justin, like I kind of got to bring up some of the injuries we've had just through the year. True. Like true. you lose, uh, you, you lose, uh, Malik Van at the start of the year, you lose uh, Jake Renfro before the year starts. You're all conference center. Um, you lose, uh, well, you lost Montgomery for a couple of games. He came back. You lost Tyler Scott, who didn't really look exactly like himself um, on Saturday for a couple of games. Um, you, you haven't really had the full team. Like last year, everybody was pretty healthy for the most part the entire year. And like, yeah. I don't think like there was any problem. Like there was really no no health issues. And, you know, I think both Cincinnati football teams are seeing that like health issues, you know, it can definitely, you can definitely hurt you on, along the way. And that's football, man. Like it, yep. it stinks, but um, I do think the Bearcats could run, could have run the ball better if they were able to have Jake Renfro. And, you know, it's definitely like a new, new set of set of guys there this year. And it just like, especially well for returning guys, but, um, I think Dylan O'Quinn has had to step in in that spot. Maybe it's right. just been hard for them to gel together. And they've they've given Ben a lot of time in the pocket to throw. I was That's a little true. Bit inaccurate on that. Like Ben had all day to throw, but it seemed like he either just wasn't able to step up because not very fast, or he just wasn't making the best decisions. And also, um, Justin Williams brought this up too. UCF's game plan was basically like spread us out on the on the edges, and we can't yep. play man right now because we don't have Sauce Bryant. And Kobe, uh, Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. Sauce Bryant and Kobe Gardner. (laughs) Yeah. uh, We don't have those guys on the edges anymore. So we can't really play man to man. We kind of got to play that soft coverage. And it seems like every time, like teams are able to get us to the sticks and convert. And again, I, and Justin, I think this is my time to go into my spin zone. Are you ready? Yes. You ready for the spin zone? 
Yes, think sir. about a team that made the 2020 college football playoff with a generational quarterback who got drafted the next year. A lot of great players that had that left after that season and they had to reload last year. That team, Justin, is the Clemson Tigers. At this point last year, Clemson had just finished off a game against Florida State and advanced to five and three. They had just lost on October 23rd, 2021 um, to Pitt. And they, you know, they, they were four and three at that point. Justin, uh, can you guess what their record is since that October 23rd loss to Pitt? Um, how many games have they played since then? Uh, they've played 14. 14. Um, I'm going to say 14 and 0. <laughs> yes, undefeated. <laughs> haven't yeah. lost. Nothing. Um, and I think that just speaks to, you know, Dabo being a great coach and having that opportunity to get those guys back in the system. Um, they lost their coordinators a couple of years ago. They lost their defensive coordinator last year. They've mm-hmm. lost some off. They lost their offensive coordinator in the past year as well. So they're kind of in first year of, of their offensive coordinator. And obviously Mike Trestle's in his second year, but I think it's also still just him trying to still learn under the reins a little bit more of, of fickle. Um, and look, man, like they're back to rolling this year. And obviously Dabo is like, like <laughs> he's just as good of a coach, obviously even better than, than coach fickle. Cause he was able to win a national championship. And I think the thing too, is like coach fickle's got room to grow still and got time to learn and get better and make things happen. Um, and you know, if you expect this program to be like a top 10 program, Look at what Clemson just did this year. They're rolling right now. They're just got ranked in the top four of the college football playoff ranking show, which Justin, you know what? Another spin zone for you. I'm glad I didn't have to watch that tonight. Yeah, I, I, I just got annoyed by that over the past three years. <laughs> I didn't have to watch it tonight, you know? Yeah. So I was okay with that. Um, but if we expect this program to be a top 10 program, there's going to be some years where you just, you have a 10 and three a year. And a 10 and three years is still a 10 and three year. You know? It's a double digit. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ohio State went 10 and two last year. And obviously they changed a couple of things, but they still went 10 and two last year. Alabama had a two loss year a couple of years ago. You're not going to win. And especially at the level we are right now with all, all the same money and recruiting prowess. And, you know, we're still building this program up uh, to be Big 12 ready once we get in next year. It's not going to be turnkey win 11 games every year. And, I, I think it's great that the expectations have been raised to that level. And um, I would just remind people that it's not a given every year that, you know, you're going to go 10 and two, 11 and one, 12 and 0, 13. And yeah. 0. Uh, even the best fall down. Sometimes uh, you and I will collide and we'll get back even together. the best fall down. Sometimes. <laughs> yes. It's even a perfect song. The wrong words. <laughs> I, I don't know the rest of it, but uh, yeah, let's just, uh, Let's move on from the game, just thinking about that. Yeah. And just, you know, don't give up your equity just yet on in Luke Fickle. Like, keep buying that stock because, like, you you made a post on, on Monday, Justin. Yep. Stock keeps going up, whether you're a pessimist or an optimist. It keeps going up for Luke Fickle. Yep. And it, it's one of those things, too. Like, I, I really like how you pinned all that because, um, as a quick note on this whole thing with Clemson, like, when you look at it, look at the, you know, the ACC and the AAC, you know, 
it's different structurally, but you always have like another team that's kind of in the back looming. You have that one team that's kind of dominating. And then you have, you know, a couple teams that are just sort of in the middle of the pack that swap places every year. And then you have your bottom feeders. It's, it's the exact same structure. Um, it's just Clemson, you know, has kind of had the benefit of being considered a power five. Think about if the American was considered a power five instead of the ACC, Cincinnati might be in a much different conversation. Granted, Clemson has had the benefit of winning national championships, has all of that. But um, I think it's a really good way to kind of pin that in a different light. And, um, you know, if you look at the rest of our schedule, this is a you know, good time to transition to this. Uh, looking for the rest of our season out, um, we have Navy at home, ECU at home, Temple on the road, and Tulane at home to finish off the regular season. Um, you know, with that, do do you think the Bearcats could realistically take another loss? And, you know, if you ask me, I would say, I think, I think we're probably, we've got our, we've got our last loss out of the way for the year. Personally. I mean, I I think the benefit of having these games at home, uh, swings that toward us and, you know, these games are sold out. It's going to be a crazy environment. Um, you know, this, technically will be a nip at night on Saturday night. Cause it will get dark uh, at a, about halftime, you know, if not a little bit earlier, but um, next Friday's game against East Carolina will definitely be a nip at night. Um, and, you know, same thing uh, for Saturday as it will be for black Friday. It will be another dark. It will be dark by about halftime or yeah. at least mid second quarter. It'll be dark. So uh, I think this is just going to be three rockets atmospheres for our fans. Um, a little bit later in the day, too, for all three of those, so people can have a few extra pops uh, before they go into the game. <laughs> um, and uh, I think it's also just the uh, that I, I think there's a lot of uh, support, outrage, whatever you want to call it, towards the program right now, and I think it's a great thing. Um, but you know, there's just there's going to be a lot going in. I think people are you know like missing that Bearcats home game environment. It's been three weeks uh, since the Bearcats have been home. Well, it's been well, a month. Including the bye. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah, much. It's been a month since the, since the Bearcats have been home. So uh, it'll be good to get them back in Nippert stadium. And I think the players will feed off of that feed off of that. We had a pretty good traveling section, by the way, on Saturday. That was cool. Like yeah. there was like a, at least a solid group of UCF people. Oh, you see people there, you know, yeah. UCF didn't fill the stadium, but that's another story. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think you're right. Um, the other, the one thing though, is that that Tulane game. And now if there's stakes where UC could get into the conference championship because UC, Tulane will have beat UCF going in, uh, which means UCF will have two losses. And if Cincinnati keeps rolling, only has that one conference loss that's their opportunity to get into the conference championship right there. Unless yep. Houston somehow holds a tiebreaker over us. Like other than yep. that, like I think that's UC's best chance possibly to get back into this conference championship race. And I think Luke Fickle is going to have the boys motivated and ready to go for that. And yeah, um, if you think about it, like last year's team kind of had a mid year swoon as well with the Tulsa Tulane Navy games. And uh, I'm hoping that this is kind of, our mid-year swoon and this weekend is like our SMU game. And we kind of just come out of that funk and just lay the wood, you know, yep. and just absolutely like beat up on these boys and like yeah. first half of the Indiana game type of vibe. So hopefully, um, yeah, but um, the only game I'm wor- worried about is Navy. Um, for whatever reason, we seem to have Mike Houston's number. Like we, he can't, he just can't get us. So are you, are you um, saying right now that you're more worried about Navy than Tulane? 
No, no, no. Uh, I'm saying <laughs> focus on the task at hand. Oh, okay, 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 okay. This week is the Navy game. There you uh, go. Tulane game is still at the end of the month. But uh, yeah. uh, whatever reason we have Mike Houston's number, Temple is uh, uh, bad. Uh, I won't, I won't, I'll spare them. Uh, they're just bad. Um, so I you know, think I, having three... I, I was just going to say real quick, all these teams get coverage that are just like, oh, this is the worst team in the country. Like, all oh, these teams are the worst team in the country. Temple does not get coverage as being the worst team in the country because they're so bad that literally everyone forgets about them because they're that consistently bad. <laughs> and they took Navy to overtime this weekend. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. And Navy beat East Carolina. So, yeah. And East, there's a circle of suck going beat. on. <laughs> yeah. Other than Tulane, there's a circle of suck going on right now in the, in the American. So maybe we can come up with that. Graphic. Well, and ECU just um, beat BYU, but so is everyone else in the yeah. country. So speaking of Navy, um, let's do a little uh, talk about that game this week, and then we can do our predictions. Um, yeah. There's not really much to say about Navy. They are an option team. Um, they don't have a playmaker right now. So they, you know, just, it's, it's just going to be tough. And uh, I think, us being able to play Kennesaw state and beating up on Kennesaw state the way we did. Um, I'm not exactly too worried about how we play against the option. Um, held our own against it last year. They threw in a couple wrinkles cause they always do. Um, but uh, I, I, I hope it's not a problem because they don't really, the only teams and Justin Williams noticed, noted this in his article today. Um, the only teams that are really giving the Bearcats fits are teams with running quarterbacks and, yeah, uh, USF, um, Arkansas, and UCF for the first half. Um, you know, with the running quarterback, like those teams have all given us fits, and we we were the closest to losing in all of those games. So, um, you know, obviously the point of the um, uh, of you know the option is that the quarterback is going to run the ball, but um, I don't really. I, I it it's not really a. Uh, spread out the pass and then the quarterback takes off kind of thing. It is the triple option. It's yep. the classic either running back, full uh, running back pitch, fullback dive, uh, QB option. Like, you know, everybody knows what the option looks like. Maybe a pass or two in there. Um, so yep. I, I think we should just go ahead and get to our uh, predictions uh, unless you have anything to add. On the, the, um, the only thing I was going to add is just, I mean, I think personally with the, the fact that we're back at home again this week, I don't really think it's going to be too much of an issue. Like I, I'm, I'm fairly confident in that. I, I, I would say that with all the games that we've won in a row at home for uh, about five years on end, Navy is not going to be the one that takes the Bearcats out. And if I am God, shoot me in the head right now, please. Uh, <laughs> but I will, I'm going to add this for a quick millisecond here to add to your spin zone. The, the, the team in the country that leads with the most consecutive home wins uh, is actually uh, Clemson, which has, uh, this was last updated as far as uh, October 2nd, the 37 consecutive home wins, which is insane. But the Bearcats are not that far behind. So, um, you know, if you want to add to your little spin zone there, that, that's another one just to tack it on there. I mean, they're, they are very similarly structured. You know, see, since I and Clemson mentioned in the same sentence all the time, I've often yeah. said that. Well, there you That's go. That's <laughs> one of the things on the game notes for ESPN every week. Like they bring up that graphic when the Bearcats are at home, like the longest home winning streaks in college yep. football. And then, like, I think Clemson's at 39 right now. So um, they might go another season with, with that, but we'll see. I remember when Bearcats basketball had one of those two. Anyways, uh, <laughs> on to our chase with the chili. Oh, 
Why don't you start us off here, Steve? Okay. Um, so I got to check in on the results from last week. Uh, but so I think this will be a game for the Bearcats passing attack to get right. Um, and Ben Bryan has usually been pretty good this year. Um, he's only not reached 300 yards in a couple of games. I think he will get back to that marker. So I say Bearcats will have 310 passing yards. Okay. Um, running game. Running game has been an interesting uh, point of discussion uh, all year for the Bearcats. And uh, I say they're going to keep it light, try and air out Navy and really end this thing early. So <laughs> I say the Bearcats will only have 85 yards of Ooh. rushing. Uh, first scorer this past week was a touchdown by Josh Wiley in the third quarter, uh, which was a little bit late for my liking, but mm-hmm. uh, it's all right by me. You know, hey, they count. Um, but the last scorer was someone I'm very interested in, and he seems like he doesn't really score like close yardage touchdowns. He just kind of scores on big chunk play touchdowns. So. Mm-hmm. I say that Ryan Montgomery is going to rip off a chunk play and score okay. uh, to start the game, like a 20, 25 yarder. Um, takeaways. We had some takeaways last week, Justin, another positive development that I don't think, I don't know if we've mentioned much, but uh, Bearcats have not had as many takeaways this year as they did last year. And it's obviously because of uh, right. having Kobe and sauce back there. But uh, you know, I, I think that we kind of got a little bit lucky on those fumbles. And um, I think I, did predict my man Dante Corleone end up with a fumble last week. So um, yeah. I'm going to ride the hot hand and stick with Dante. I think he's going to fall on another one this week. The option, like if you can get back in there, you can kind of mess up some stuff. So like in you know pitches and handoffs can get a little bit weird back there. So I'm going to say Dante Corleone. Cool. And I'm going to say the score is going to be a reprise of the 2018 Bearcats. I'm going to say we went 42 to nothing. I, I know. I know. <laughs> All right. That was a different team this Shoot. year, but maybe about – we have more talent than that team, and Navy probably has about the same amount of talent. So um, I don't really see why uh, – I kind of see it going the same way. Now, maybe I could be wrong and our run defense isn't able to stop them, but uh, if you watch how the Bearcats play against the option earlier this year, I'm not exactly too concerned. So, uh, just gonna have fun and say forty-two nothing because why not? All right, that's why uh, not. That is that is a prediction out there. We're we're just gonna mark that one down. I don't feel super confident about forty-two to nothing, but we'll see where we get here. All right, so um, passing yardage to uh, put the Bearcats in for Navy. I'm gonna say we're gonna be around two ninety this week. Um, I think hopefully we can kind of, again, get it going. We'll see what happens here. Um, running game. I think we're going to, I think we're going to op- be able to open it up a little bit more personally. Um, I'm going to say 140 on the week, try to keep that a little bit more of a consistent number. Um, hopefully we don't get stuffed so bad to have only 80, that would 85. I think is what you said. That would be tough. Uh, first touchdown of the game. I'm going to say it's going to go to Josh Wiley. Josh Wiley was the man in the, uh, in the Navy game last year, uh, kept us in that one. So I'm going to go for him this week. Um, anytime turnover, I'm going to say, I'm going to ride another hot hand. Ivan pace or Deshaun pace, flip it, flop, flip a coin. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Deshaun this week. Um, I think that's going to be my bet there. 
and score. The the spread is currently at 19. So Bearcats are 19 wow. point favorites in this one. Um, I think that I want to say they're going to be able to cover. I don't know, but I'm going to go for a nice. I like your 42 number personally. I'm going to go for 38 to 38, 14 feels good to me. We're going to go 38, 14 this week. Um, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I, I, I think they're going to be able to score at some point. Um, the defense this year has clearly shown that they are not what they were last year. Um, even Kennesaw was able to put up 10 and, I don't know. I mean, that's another. That was in garbage time, though. Yeah, that's true. But again, garbage time this week, I think, is possible. So we'll see there. But yeah, that's going to be my prediction for this week. That should wrap up our Chase for Chile. We got about 10 minutes left in this recording. So we do want to cover as much Bearcats basketball as we can because they're going to be starting in just a handful of days. It is going to be against our beloved Chaminade, Chaminade, however the hell you say that. I don't even know what division they're in. I would say, I, I would guess I would, they're D one because it's not an exhibition game. Well, well, maybe they are D two. I don't know. I'll yeah. look that up for you. We'll find right. that out. But the Bearcats are going to open up um, on November seventh at six p.m. Uh, in what is going to be a pretty massive like homestand. If you're not including the, uh, if you're not including the on the road. Big air quotes here on the road to Northern Kentucky game, That's a home game. Uh, across That's the home. river where we will definitely dominate that uh, arena um, and the Maui Invitational. It's pretty much a home stand until January. Uh, so the Bearcats have a lot coming up here. Um, the first things we wanted to kind of get out of the way, the official quote unquote roster has been released. We all kind of knew what's going on here. I'm going to run through this very fast. Um, down the line goes Micah Adams, Wood, CJ, Anthony, Jeremiah Davenport, David, Julius, Kalu, Zeke, Jared Hensley, Chase Kirkwood, Victor Locke, and John Newman, the third Landers, Nolly, the second Odio Guama, Robin Finnessy, Josh Reed, Dan Skillings, Jr. And Sage Tolentino. A lot of names that we find there familiar, a few new ones, um, but not very many there. The Bearcats are returning some core pieces from last year's team, um, especially noting Continuing the uh, reign of David Julius and Jeremiah Davenport. These two will be very key pieces this season. Luckily, we got both of them back. Of course, you're not going to worry really about Davenport, but DeJulius could have gone on to bigger and better things and decided to come back for another year. Um, I'm expecting a sort of maybe not quite as uh, covered as a Desmond Ritter, but a Desmond Ritter kind of year for David DeJulius. Um it's it's a it's a we didn't have to come back, but we're going to come back and we're going to do it. The COVID um, year, yeah. One more one more go round. I think that this is going to be a really interesting year for him. Um, hopefully, he can get some more national attention because he is an incredible guard and he is so so much fun to watch. Um, but with all of that said, I want to know real quick what is going to be your starting five. It seems like there's a fairly solid solid answer here, but I think there's still some room for debate. We're not going to know until probably we get that first real game in against probably I would, I would go as far to say like an EKU or Northern Kentucky, I think is going to be solidified, but let's just say by the time that we get to the Maui invitational, what's your starting five going to be? 
All right. So uh, I'm going to start with my backcourt here. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. start with David DeJulius, obviously, playing a little shooting guard, uh, take the ball out of his hands, get him some chances to – because he was our best scorer last year. So uh, get him more chances to shoot. Um, I'm going to say our point guard is going to be Rob Finnessy, uh, you know, a proven, experienced point guard playing in Indiana over the years. Um, had that cool shot against Butler, by the way. But um, other than that, uh, he's been able to be, you know, just an experienced ball handler. And so I think Wes will like that. Small forward, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put Jeremiah Davenport back in the starting lineup. Um, my hype king, Jeremiah Davenport, Cincinnati zone, got the Bearcat eyes literally tattooed on his chest above the yep. city's skyline. Like, I'm sorry, you can say what you want about that man, but you're not taking him out of my starting line. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> Kalu Ezekpe, uh, I think he's going to be my my four this year. Okay. Um, and I think that Odio Guamo will end up uh, getting some of the, some of that time at the five. Um, I do like what Jared Hensley did a lot last year, but I wonder if they're still going to try and save him for another year of development. Um, and I, I think Victor Locken as well. Um, he's just got to develop more. Like he kind of faded after those first couple games. So, but. Uh, that's that's my five. I've got Finnessy, DeJulius, Davenport, uh, Zeke Pay, and uh, uh, Odio Guama. Uh, arms and elbows, Odio Guama there. What about you, Justin? All right. Whew. This is one where it's there's tough, a I lot know. of like evens and odds here. Um, this is going to be tough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch things up a little bit for you here. I'm going to go Rob Finnessy. I think is just going to end up in the starting lineup. I think that veteran, um, you know, amount of time that he's got, can't really pass that up. Um, whether or not you feel like he belong in that, I think that's going to be where he is. Micah is going to be another tough one too, because he's been around the team for a long time, but I don't think he's going to be a starter this year. Personally. Uh, we'll see what happens, but yeah, Rob Finnessy, DDJ, of course, going to be up there in the backcourt. Um, as far as moving around, I'm going to go for Dav as well. Davenport's got to be in the starting lineup. Feels like a necessity. Kalu, uh, I think, makes sense. But I'm going to go for Landers instead. Landers mm, Nolly, yeah. I think he's going to be really pushing for that starting spot. And Odie, as much as I think it would make sense, I think given age, time, and what they want out of him, I think Vic is going to be the starting five, personally. We'll see what happens. Really? But interesting. Okay. I think All right. I mean he's got the size. He's got he has the tools. It's whether or not he can put it, you know, together. But by the time we get there, I don't know. We'll see. I think Odie makes the most sense, but if I could see somebody moving forward for the future, I think Vic would have to probably be in that spot. I don't know. We'll see what happens. I also wouldn't wouldn't be surprised too if we played some small ball and like Kalu was the big and we just kind of rotated around. That there. is true so, too. Okay, Kalu absolutely. Justin, you're a basketball authority yeah. here. Um, <laughs> we've got about three minutes left, so I'm gonna run you through real quick the schedule. All right, no time to explain it. Let's just go. Uh, next Monday, Shamanad first game of the year. What are the Bearcats gonna do? Just give me win or loss. W. Cleveland State. W. Eastern Kentucky. W. Home game at Northern Kentucky. <laughs> w. Uh, Arizona in Maui. Uh, that's going to be an L. Uh, Ohio State. Uh, that's also going to be an L. Uh, and I'll say we'll be in our last game because I don't know who we're going to play. With you on um, that. New Jersey Institute of Technology. After, w. Uh, once we come home. <laughs> Can't even finish uh, that. Bryant. W. 
Xavier shootout at home. Final. In the back, W. Yes. Miami. W. LaSalle. W. The, the, the college, not the high school. W. Uh, Detroit Mercy. W. Uh, Tulane, first w. game at home in the conference. W. w. Okay. I think we're at like a good like 15 and one right now. So yeah, uh, 15 and two right now. So I love this. Uh, at Temple. W. That's a Sunday. Okay. Um, at Wichita on a Thursday night. W. Houston at home on a Sunday. Fat L. <laughs> okay. All right. We're at like 18 and three. Uh, yep. East Carolina at home. W. At SMU. L. Okay. Four losses. <laughs> at South Florida. W. Uh, Memphis at home. W. We're taking at Houston. Here. L again. Swept. Okay, that's five losses. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tulsa at home. W. UCF at home. W. At Tulane. L. Six losing losses. in the high school gym in the last visit there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, UC, uh, USF at home. W. East Carolina at home. W. Uh, that was on the road, but still W? Okay. Yeah, w. still W. Uh, four, uh, at UCF. We're going to slip that one because we're going to have some momentum. We're going to lose it. L. Okay. Uh, Temple at home. W. Uh, Memphis on the road. Same thing that I just said. L. Okay. Eight losses now. Uh, SMU uh, at home to close the season. W. It's going to put us at a nice so 23 and 8. I love it. I love it. All that right. is a wishful thinking. Wishful thinking, but I think the Bearcats have enough pieces. It can and will happen. We'll see how that all shakes out. Do you agree with those, Steve? Give me the over on 23. Give me the over. The over Optimism on 23. Rides. All right. Optimism rides. It might be a 24 and 7, but still, give me the over. Do we have do we have an over under for that for the season? An official I don't one? think college basketball does that, but they uh, should. Um, they should. I, but more things to bet on are great. Regardless, 23 and 8 sounds good to me. That covers just about everything we have this week. We're gonna get this wrapped up in a nice tidy. Uh, under 40 minutes with our zoom. So thank you guys for listening this week. Uh, check us out on campus Kings, be on the lookout for a post game pod. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Let's look forward to some Bearcats basketball. We should be able to cover soon enough. I'm so excited for Bearcats basketball round balls coming back. Go Bearcats. It's going, let's go, let's go, let's go.